Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. I just reminded of that song when I was in Bible college. We had a classmate of mine who, when we got to that part where it said love lifted, he would literally stand up on the pew. I don't know how he didn't get expelled or anything, but uh, Pastor, would it be all right if I did that next time? You could go. Okay. Well, I've got seven minutes left, so I'm going to blow in, blow up, and blow out, okay? No, I'm just kidding. Philippians chapter 3 in your Bibles tonight. Philippians chapter 3. If you're visiting here tonight, I say this often, please come back to hear our pastor preach. I promise you won't regret it. I'm grateful, though, for the opportunity that I've been given uh, to open up God's Word tonight and share with you. And I would ask you to pray, please, um, for the Good News Club. We're wrapping up this week, and Miss Marlene and the workers have done just a fantastic job and uh, it's been a great time, and this coming Friday is our last one for the school year at Jupiter Farms Elementary, and we have a little over 30 children that we get to minister into that school, and it's, it's never a dull moment. You never know what's going to happen in those clubs. We've learned very quickly, never give the children flaming Hot Cheetos. That's just a bad idea. Um, just, uh, I had a kid, he started choking right in front of me, and I was like, I don't know what to do here. Um, stop choking. <laughs> um, no, he, uh, he was okay, I promise. Okay, it's just a little frightening when his lips turned blue. Uh, so we don't do flaming Hot Cheetos no more. <laughs> but please, please be in prayer. It's just been a blessing uh, to be a part of what God is doing. I still think that in our country, in our borders, that the public school system is America's greatest mission field. And so we're just so grateful for what God has done. We've seen people saved all school year long. And it's just a great blessing to be a part and work with so many great workers amongst the schools. And it's just been a great blessing to get to know some of the faculty. And one of the faculty at Jupiter, uh, at Jupiter Elementary over in town, they know my grandmother. So that's always fun. Every time I walk in, how's your grandmother doing? And it's just, it's just awesome. So please continue to pray for that as we wrap up this week and that we might have fruit that abounds, that we might see many of those kids come to Vacation Bible School and uh, just to get connected here. I did everything I could today to, to talk to some of the kids. I said, I might be running around in an inflatable dinosaur suit, so you don't want to miss that, okay? But uh, so grateful tonight to have the opportunity to preach. Philippians chapter number 3 and verse number 7, the Bible says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ? Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I'd already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Can we pray tonight? Father, I pray that you'd add the blessing to your word. Lord, you promised in your word that your word doesn't return void. I pray that you would take your word and do that what you want amongst these people tonight. 
I pray for those who are discouraged that you'd help them, Lord, encourage them. For those who are hurting, I pray that you'd help them and heal them. Lord, perhaps there's somebody here tonight that's not saved. I pray that you'd work in them, that they might be saved. Today is the day of salvation. Lord, help me, I pray. I need you. I pray that you'd cleanse me of sin, Lord, and use me tonight. We pray for the children in the other building even now as they're hearing the gospel, as they're fellowshipping. I pray, Lord, that you'd work in their lives, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I love the book of Philippians. It is action-packed, jam-packed. There's so much that you can learn and glean from the book of Philippians. As a matter of fact, occasionally I'll ask our junior church kids, who is your favorite character in the Bible, and they'll start, well, I really like the character Joseph in the book of Genesis, or they'll go through, well, I really like David, because he took the stones, and he, he slayed da- uh, Goliath, and I really like this character, or I like Joshua, or whoever it might be, and I said, okay, who's your favorite character in the New Testament? Of course, they'll say Peter, and I like Peter myself, because I can relate to the big mouth that Peter has, right? Uh, but I love Peter, and I love how God used Peter and changed Peter, but inevitably, somebody will say, My favorite character is the Apostle Paul. I mean, what is not to like about the Apostle Paul? You think about, just by way of introduction tonight, his story. Uh, He was somebody, the Bible says in our chapter that we just read, that he was somebody that persecuted the church. As a matter of fact, he said concerning zeal, persecuting the church, he was somebody that worked tirelessly to try to stand in the way of those that serve the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know the account. His story goes and that as he was on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter number 9, he was going to Damascus, he was going to arrest, he was going to persecute Christians, he was going to shut or try to shut churches down. Of course, we know the account. He's on his way to Damascus. The Bible says a bright light shines right about him. And there he says, who art thou, Lord? And this is where he has an encounter with none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's an amazing story that the Apostle Paul has. Somebody who he calls himself the chiefest of sinners. And now is somebody that's been delivered from death unto life. He's been somebody that's delivered from darkness unto light. He's been translated from the kingdom of of, of the devil to the kingdom of heaven. God did something wonderful in his life. What is not to like about the Apostle Paul and and his salvation testimony? I I just rejoice in salvation uh, tonight. I just want to remind you, don't get over your salvation. Aren't you glad to be saved tonight? I know sometimes we've been in church for such a long time, perhaps we don't even think about it, but you think what God can do in the life of a sinner, that's what grace is, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Oh, I like it. Uh, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, how, how about this one? For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though He was rich, yet for your sakes and my he became poor that ye through his poverty might become rich there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh uh, but after the spirit and the apostle Paul he gets saved in Acts chapter 9 for he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him I'm here to tell you tonight that Paul has a relatable story no we might not have gone and killed Christians and shut down churches but we were sinners that deserved to be separated from God in a place called hell for the wages of sin is death but God came into our lives for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord aren't you glad tonight that God butted in and we look at the apostle Paul's story yeah we love his story he was somebody that went from killing Christians and now he was almost going to be killed for the cause of Christ amazing 
Maybe we don't just like his story, but we like his service. This man, for lack of a better term, he was a beast. I mean, he was like the special forces of Christian service. You think about after he got saved, he was preaching the gospel. They had to let him down over the wall in a basket to save his life. That's pretty awesome. Sometimes I think to myself when I, I get a door slammed in my face, oh, this is so hard. Paul got stoned and left for dead, but he kept on going. The Bible talks about how he started churches all over the place. Uh, the Bible talks, or, or, or we know that he wrote 13, perhaps 14 books of our New Testament. Uh, perhaps when you think about Paul, you like his story, how he got saved and his story about his testimony. Maybe you think about his service and how God used him in a great way. I like this one. How about Paul's steadfastness? Someone who finished his course. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about in 2 Timothy chapter 4, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Paul went through a lot. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I love this. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in our body the, the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. How about Second Corinthians chapter 11? Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils of the sea, in peril, uh, perils among false brethren in weariness in painfulness in watchings often in hunger and thirst in fastings often in cold and nakedness beside all these things that are without that which cometh upon me daily the care of all the churches hey the apostle paul has been through a lot of things but through all of those things he's been steadfast he's been faithful listen here tonight you may not have a lot of ability maybe you can't sing the song maybe you can't play the instrument but one thing all of us as god's children can do is is be faithful and steadfast. We can put one foot in front of the other in, in serving God. Paul goes on to say, If I must needs glory, I will glory in the things which concern mine infirmities. I love what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Man, Paul is awesome. We look at his story, his testimony, and, and the circumstances in which he got saved, where he came from, and where God brought him to. We look at his service, how amazing uh, everything that God used him to do, and how God is even still using him here today, 2,000 years later. We look at his steadfastness. This man had no quit in him. He wasn't going to throw in the towel. He wasn't going to put in for vacation, go on for sabbatical. But no, he remained steadfast. And I ask you tonight, why did Paul... Keep on going. What kept Paul going tonight? Tonight, for just a few moments, very briefly, we're going to survey our way through the book of Philippians. 
We're going to hit some of the major themes in each chapter. I promise I won't be long tonight. But we can answer the question tonight, why did Paul keep going? First of all, I'd like you to consider this. Paul's priority was set. If you'll go, please, to Philippians chapter number 1, I'd like you to look at verse number 12. The Bible says, But I would, you should understand, brethren, that the things which happen have, unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. What things? Well, we read about those things just a moment ago. The care of all the churches, the fastings, the hunger, the nakedness, the shipwrecks, everything that happened to him. But he says, all of these things that have happened to me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of of the gospel. Let me tell you tonight, what was Paul's priority? Paul's priority was the preeminence of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not enough for Jesus to be prominent in your life. He must be preeminent in your life. He's not a part of the big picture. He is the big picture. I was telling the junior church kids just the other day, I got to go out to eat with Pastor Blaylock and Brother Andy and Rick and the waitress after we ate our chicken wings and I had sauce all over my face. The the lady came up to us and said, you all need to try this Oreo cream pie. Amen. Oh, yeah. I was actually stuffed because I had already had, I don't have seconds, I just have a lot of firsts. You know, let me get those, those mahi tacos and let me get those chicken wings. I don't have seconds, just a lot of firsts. Brother Andy called me out on that when we were talking about having a diet. I don't have one. Just eat. Just do. I was stuffed, but then the waitress, she, the, the server, she came up to us and said, try this Oreo cream pie. And I was like, I don't know, but pastor was like, we'll take it. <laughs> I said, all right. So amongst four of us, pastor... Rick, myself, and Brother Andy, she brought like a sliver of this Oreo cream pie. And I was like, all right, well, y'all better get your bite in because I'm going to get the rest of this thing here. So we start taking, I get my, my spoon there, and I just dive right in. I, first I go at the, right at the end of the piece of pie, the, the tip there, the triangle, and I get it and I dip it right in the whipped cream. And I'm like, oh. And when you eat stuff like that, you can't put it in right side up. You have to put it upside down because you want to get all your taste buds involved in that mess, okay? So you put it in, and then you slowly take it out. Oh, that server, she wasn't kidding. I look over at Pastor. He's got his spoon. He takes a nosedive right into it. And he says, she wasn't kidding either. Wow. I look over at Rick Blaylock. He liked it so much. He put some of the frosting and put it on his bald head. No, I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. He didn't do that, really. And then there was Andy. He looked at me. He said, Kevin, your eyes went dead like a shark when you saw that. And I thought to myself, man, this piece of the pie was, was really good. But you know what's better than a piece of the pie? The whole pie. I kid you not, when my aunt makes me a pie around Thanksgiving or Christmas, I sit down and eat the whole thing with a spoon. You can ask my wife. You say, what are you talking about this? I'm hungry, first of all. But sometimes we look at Christ as just a little sliver when he's given us so much more. 
He's not a part of the big picture. He is the big picture. And what I'm saying here tonight is Paul didn't matter about his circumstances. It didn't matter about everything that happened to him that was difficult or everything that was good that happened to him. It, it didn't matter that he was sitting there in jail. If anybody had a right to have a pity party, it was the Apostle Paul. But Paul didn't have any of that. All he said was, hey, the things that happened unto me, I want you to know something. They happened for the furtherance of the gospel. And that only happens when Christ has his rightful priority in your life and in Paul's life. He said, yes, these things are bad that happened unto me. I, I guarantee that the Apostle Paul was always sore. Uh, he was always hurting. He had stripes on his back. Remember, we read just about it just a moment ago. Um, but he said, hey, all these things that happened unto me, and it was able to push the gospel forward so more people can hear the life-giving message of the gospel. You know what Paul understood? He understood the principle of this is for that. You say, what do you mean? He understood that the, these things that happen unto him, yes, though they might be bad circumstances, though they might be difficult, though they might be hard, he realized, but yes, all these things are going to push the gospel forward. He understood that God is always in control, and he had God as his priority in his life. His priorities were set. Christ is the, not a part of the big picture. He is the big picture. Say, so how about more evidence for Paul having Jesus as his priority? Look at chapter 1 again. Verse number 15, the Bible says, Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I'm set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Paul's consecration in chapter 15, verse number 19, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be, whether it be by life or by death. What more evidence do we need to see that Jesus was the priority in his life? How did he keep going? Because he had his eyes on Jesus, always. There's a second thing tonight. Why did Paul keep going? Not only was Paul, uh, were Paul's priorities set, uh, priority set uh, but secondly tonight, Paul's pondering was straight. Look, watch this now in verse, uh, chapter number 2. I'd like you to look at verse number 5. The Bible says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. The another reason why Paul didn't stop, the, another reason why Paul didn't quit is because he learned to think like Jesus. Some people might mistake in this chapter, chapter that you must always be thinking about Jesus. I, I think there's something better than that. It's not thinking always about Jesus, but thinking like Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I want you to consider that he had a selfless, sacrificial pondering. Look at the verse again there in chapter number five, uh, 2 and verse number 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. You say, how do you think like Jesus? How do you keep going like Paul? It's, it's another way to do it is to have a selfless, 
sacrificial mind. We look at what Jesus did in our lives. He gave himself for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This is somebody who thought outside of himself. This is somebody who was selfless. This is somebody who was sacrificial. And you say, I want to have the mind of Christ. This is one of the great themes here that we find in the book of Philippians. Start with having a sacrificial a selfless mind. Not only did he have a selfless, sacrificial mind, but he had also had a submissive mind. Look, please, at verse number 8 of chapter 2. The Bible says, In being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Watch this now. You say, I don't want to quit. Then don't quit saying yes to Jesus when he asks you to do something. You know, in your own Christian life, in my own Christian life, we are stuck at the last place that we submitted to God. The way God works is as we obey the light that he gives us, he gives us more light. When I go home in just a little while here, uh, from Jupiter to Stuart, when I turn the, flat, or the car on, the lights don't shine from my car all the way to Stuart, but as I drive forward with the light I have, it reveals more of the path that I need to go. Going around I-95, and all of you know you need light going on I-95, amen? But that's the way that God works. As we follow the light that is in front of us, that he gives us from his word, he gives us more light to follow. And that's the mind that Jesus, Jesus had, and that's the mind that Paul had. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It's not only a sacrificial mind, it's not only a selfless mind, but it's also a submissive mind. I love that song that we sing at camp. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I'll agree, and my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Paul had a track record of continuously saying, yes, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. No wonder why he kept going. He had a submissive mind. He had a selfless mind, a sacrificial mind. He had a satisfied mind. Verse number 9 of Philippians chapter 2, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's something satisfying about living a life that shows that Jesus is Lord. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Why did Paul keep going? Well, he gave his priority to Christ. The preeminence belonged to Jesus. Why did Paul keep going? Well, he developed a mind that thought like Jesus did. A submissive mind, a selfless mind, a sacrificial mind. There's a third thing tonight. Not only Paul's ponderings, not only the preeminence, or, the, the perp- or, or rather the priority, but thirdly tonight, Paul's purpose was singular. We'll move on to chapter 3. I've got to land the plane, as Brother Rick said on Sunday night. You did a good job, Brother Rick. Bethley wrote you a nice, good message, you know, right? (laughs) Amen. Paul's purpose, thirdly, was singular. A lot of us, we live our life like it's buckshot. There's many different things that we're shooting at. Many things, when it comes out the barrel, it, it scatters everywhere. But Paul's life was about one thing. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. One thing. 
Not many things, one thing. Remember, Christ is the big picture. He's not just a part of the big picture. He didn't really care about his accolades. We learned and read just a moment ago that he had confidence in the flesh in in Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 4. If any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is of the law, blameless. He had all these accolades, but those, that's what it wasn't, his life wasn't about those things. He had everything that he could have wanted. He had all the education. He had uh, a, a powerful name. People knew who he was. But notice his attitude in verse number 7 of chapter 3. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Paul's goal was always the Lord Jesus. Sometimes we like to make a goal out of something that should be a byproduct. We make a goal out of a byproduct. Hey, it's good to serve God, amen? It's good to soul win. It's good to be in church. It's good to give. It's good to serve God. But I suggest and submit tonight that all of those things should be an outflow of knowing Christ. Don't make a goal out of something that should be a byproduct. The goal is always Christ. Everything else flows out of that. That's what, where Paul was. That was his singular purpose. It was just Christ. It wasn't building up churches. It wasn't just telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ. It wasn't just going all over everywhere trying to win people to the Lord. His goal was Christ, and everything else came out of his relationship with Christ. Young people, listen to me tonight. Okay, if you think that the Christian life is just a bunch of rules, you're not going to make it. I can't do this. I can't wear that. I can't go there. I can't have this. I can't watch that. That's no way to live your Christian life. The Christian life is not a set of rules. It's a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and that should be growing stronger. And you should get closer to Jesus because this is what Paul did. Why did Paul keep going? Because he kept Jesus in his rightful place. Priority, pondering, purpose. Quickly tonight, lastly tonight, Paul's perspective was straight. Look at chapter 4, we'll close up tonight. I ain't done, but I'm going to quit. Y'all tracking tonight? Amen? I know y'all are tired. Brother Kevin, you talk so fast and you're so loud. I'm sorry. I'm I'm working on it. (laughs) I appreciate that, (laughs) Mario. Somebody said that your personality matches the instrument that you play. Amen to that, right? My mom's watching. You sure do got a lot of hot air. All right. (laughs) Paul's perspective was straight. Chapter 4, verse number 11. The Bible says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Starting to see a theme here through the book of Philippians. It's all about Jesus. Over in the book of Colossians, we learn that Christ, who is our life, he is our life. I want to be more like this, the Apostle Paul making Jesus more of my life. 
Paul here is talking about being content, being satisfied in whatsoever state he, he is. Paul's perspective is possible. You know, look at there again, uh, look again at verse number 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned that is something that is possible. Hey, it's possible to live a life that's pleasing to Jesus. It's, a, it's possible to have a life that is satisfied with the relationship with Jesus. He learned how to be content, but he also knows Paul's perspective is a process. Look at verse number 12. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things I am instructed. So in verse 11, you have I have learned, which is past tense, something that he has done. And then in chapter 4, in verse number 12, he says, I am instructed. So this thing of contentment, your relationship with Jesus Christ, it's something that is possible, but it's something that's also a process. We're learning to be content with our relationship in Jesus. Why did he keep going? Well, he knew where his anchor held to. And we find that his perspective tonight is not just possible, it's not just a process, but his perspective was on a person. Oh, I like that outline. <laughs> Look at verse number 13 of chapter 4. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. We're not talking about a tagline on some basketball player's shoes, all right? We're talking about somebody who, in context, they want to live for Christ. And no matter what circumstance that you might find yourself in, no matter what hardship that you might face, no matter what difficulty you might be finding yourself walking through at this present hour, I want you to know that God has given you everything that you need to live for Him. God's given you everything that you need to walk with Him. God has given you everything that you need uh, to please Him. And you can walk with God. That's what He means when I can do all things through Christ with strength me this Paul is wrapped up in this relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ it's all about him why did he keep going he didn't serve God for people that's an admirable goal but if you serve God because of the people eventually people will disappoint you and you'll get discouraged but Jesus never fails keep on going that way like Paul tonight we can say for I'm now ready to be offered the time of my departure is at hand. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at, the day, at that day, and not only on uh, me only, but unto all them that also love his appearing. I want to finish strong. I want to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Just keep being faithful. Why did Paul... What kept Paul going? What was under the hood? What was the fuel that he had? Well, the hint tonight is it's all wrapped up in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our priority. He should be preeminent. He should be our pondering. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He should be our purpose. He's our course. He's our force. He's our source. And then he should be our power and our perspective. He should be. And I pray that this will be true of me and you also. He should be our everything. Everything. So I encourage you tonight, keep on going. And there's many things that we didn't cover tonight, like the theme of rejoicing is a great theme here in the book of Philippians. I challenge you this week to read through the book of Philippians, meditate on it, think about it. Because God promised that his word would never return void. So I'll, I'll make you a deal tonight. I'll be done. But you pray for me, and I'll pray for you. Let's pray together, can we? Father, thank you for the Word of God tonight. Help us to keep on going. Help us to keep you ever before us. 
Lord, we thank you for the word of God, how it never fails, how it never returns void. We pray that you be with us as we leave. And uh, Lord, we continue to pray for the Gersgabbitts family, that you'd help them and that, you'd, uh, that they would know the grace that you've offered to them during this time. And Lord, thank you for loving us. Help us to love you more, we pray in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. On behalf of everyone at Beacon Baptist Church, we thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that your heart and life has been impacted through the biblical truths of this message. If you have questions or would like more information, please contact us through our website at beaconbaptistchurch.org. That's beaconbaptistchurch.org. May the Lord bless you.